Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Star Wars Comics in Canon. And thank you to Dominic for that brilliant intro. So if you haven't already guessed, this week's guest is Dominic Pace, aka Gecko the Bounty Hunter from chapters 1 and 3 of The Mandalorian. Now to clarify, this very interview is on both the feed of Genuine Chit Chat and on the feed of Star Wars Comics in Canon, which is found on the feed of Comics in Motion. And that intro, I just, I wanted to put it on both feeds because it just makes me happy. Um, but yeah, I basically want to put this uh, interview on both sides because both feeds are applicable. Whenever I speak to someone who is involved in Star Wars in some way, it's going to be posted on both feeds because I want as many people to hear it as possible. And joining me on this chat is a gentleman named Glynn. Now, Glynn is actually a friend of mine from Twitter and things. He's a friend of the Comics in Motion podcast and whatnot. And he was actually the person who connected us. He approached me and said, look, I've been speaking to Dominic Pace. He's Gecko the Bounty Hunter. Would you be interested in having him on the show? I was like, yeah, sure, come along, please. And we had a really cool chat and things. Obviously, uh, Glynn is a little bit quiet at the start there, but right at the end, he comes through a lot more and asks some really great questions. So I really, really appreciate Glynn for uh, connecting us and being on the show with me. And obviously, I do appreciate appreciate Dominic as well for taking the time out of his day to talk to us. So in brief, Dominic talks about his role in The Mandalorian, how it's been touring and meeting members of the Star Wars community, the special effects LED screen called The Volume that a lot of The Mandalorian was filmed on, uh, the parallels in Dominic's life he sees to the Star Wars universe, some of the people he's Star Wars he's met, his positive outlook, political correctness, Daniel Day-Lewis, and staying humble. They're all the kind of things that you guys can expect from this conversation, but I'm not going to ramble on anymore. I'm going to let you guys enjoy it. But I will be back right at the very end to give you guys more information of what's coming up on both Star Wars comics and canon and on genuine chit chat links and whatnot are in the description as always and i appreciate you guys listening so i'll talk to you at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton So, I am here today with two wonderful guests. I'm here with uh, Glyn, who helped sort all this out, and also sort of the star of the interview in this way is uh, Dominic Pace. And Dominic, it's just amazing to have you here. Please say hello to everyone and uh, tell us who you are and why we're speaking to you. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Hello to all your listeners. Uh, it's just been uh, such a privilege and an honor to be part of the Star Wars universe. Um, I, you know, if I've been a character actor for 25 years. Name is Dominic Pace and uh, been in Hollywood for about 20 years. I have been a lifelong Star Wars fan. If it was not for the franchise, if it was not for the passion of the diehard fans, side characters would mean nothing. Um, I guess the best way that I always explain it is that when we were children, at least Generation X, if you had a Princess Leia, you had a walrus man. If you had a, a Han Solo, you had a hammerhead. Um, I just, I happened to be one of 25 bounty hunters during season one of the Mandalorian. I was put in some very heavy prosthetics by a brilliant gentleman, uh, by the name of Brian Seip. He actually headed up Drax, uh, during Guardians of the Galaxy. He's done tons of work, uh, with X-Men, with, uh, a DC, Marvel, you name it. I mean, the guy is just absolutely, uh, just a genius. He created a gecko-like model of a bounty hunter. I'm six foot four, 260 pounds. And I guess similar to those who are diehard Star Wars fans, say a Wilro Hood, uh, to where, you know, literally less than there's something very special about somebody that's on the screen less than one minute uh, yeah. within the Star Wars community. Uh, so I, I initially I was just going to go on tour before COVID uh, to just flank a lot of the uh, the supporting cast, you know, just as, hey, I'm here, too, by the way, you know, uh, with, say, Chris uh, Bartlett or Tate Fletcher or Misty Rosas, uh, who did such an amazing job of filling in Nick Nolte's role uh, as Quail there. 
Um, I was just simply going to be there, you know, in the B or the C room in the most humble way possible. When COVID hit, uh, I decided to do my own tour because I didn't know how long this sort of attention was going to last. And what ended up happening, what ended up sort of transpiring was that a gecko kind of made it to another level. It, it was something to where, you know, again, it was originally going to be, again, just like, say, Will Rowe Hood, to where you just have sort of this little featured bit. And because it's the Star Wars universe and the passion uh, from the Star Wars universe that I was receiving uh, from this tour uh, to support small business in the United States, uh, ended up going to another level, almost out of my, you know, sort of uh, uh, comfort zone there, uh, but in a great way uh, to where they now created a, a fan fiction comic. Uh, everything you see behind me are all uh, uh, characters. Uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, Funko Pops, uh, six inch black series figures, uh, recreations of my gauntlet. Uh, this is all done by the fans. Mm. Uh, but just it just happened to be that rare thing to where all of a sudden, you know, you just sort of catch on with the fans. And uh, who doesn't love bounty hunters there? So it's just been an absolute honor to be a part of this 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 franchise, but also at the same time uh, to receive this attention, but to receive the attention and, and pay it forward for a lot of good within my community there. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I've heard, because I've listened to quite a few podcasts that you've been on uh, sort of before this one, and a lot of it is just how powerful it is even being on screen without any specific talking lines, but still having such an impact. Not only it's kind of mirrored, like impact within the scene and the narrative, but also to use an individual outside the universe. And one thing I've noticed is that um, there's a documentary out called, I think, Elstree 1976 or something along those lines, and it goes into detail about the people who are like those... um, those small time characters in Star Wars, the people who play Greedo, the people who play like Boba Fett, things like that, and how their lives have been changed through community of just going to comic conventions, meeting fans and things. And one of the big things that I've um, seen about, which I will be purchasing on payday, is that you've actually had a comic because fans, you've got together with some people who admired Gecko uh, as an idea and wanted to give it more weight. And you've got a comic going out. So please uh, tell all the fans about that because um, I'm definitely going to nab some on uh, payday. I can't wait. And you need to come over to the UK for Comic Con or whatever when the world stops ending and i'm gonna meet you so it's gonna happen thank you we're actually uh, planning right now november 6th over at croydon comic-con which i believe is outside of london um yeah just to let you know what happened was as opposed to a lot of the big stars instead of uh requiring an appearance fee what i did was due to this sensitive time with non-essential businesses specifically comic uh comic book stores i said look i I don't want any money i said if anything i just want to make this appearance and I want to give you a percentage. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't have a middleman. I don't have an agent. I, I've had agents, but for me, just working directly with the retailer to support them, uh, especially just having this small opportunity, I said, if I can pay back or give back uh, from the attention, that's what I wanted to do. So people were just eagerly anticipating seeing Gecko in season two. Uh, Marvel loved the character, a gentleman by the name of Ethan Sachs, who actually wanted to put him in Star Wars Bounty Hunters. He got a message from Lucasfilm to where everything up as high up as Pedro and Carl and Gina, they had sort of put the kibosh on uh, having any of their characters within the Star Wars Bounty Hunter true canon series. So because we had just such a great impact uh, with the fans, uh, some of them reached out, a gentleman from Maryland who was very eager to flesh out Gecko's character. He just such a diehard Star Wars fan, such a huge fan of Bounty Hunters. He said, Dom, he said, "I I would love to write something for you. I know Marvel's kind of on hold right now. But I'd love to write something for you. And I, there's an illustrator in Romania. There's a colorist in Brazil that I know. And I would love to put this together for you. You let me know what you think. And with all the hesitation right now with, you know, Black Series and, and uh, uh, Funko Pop, I mean, people, they're watching, but nothing has been official. They said, you did such a great job with the stores. If you're free for the summer, if you want to come around and just kind of campaign again, 
we would love to create this as a vehicle for you. So lo and behold, we have 35 different states, uh, 60 comic book stores this summer. We're going to be touring in the United States, and then we're going to finish off with England uh, over on November 6th. And hopefully COVID will be a little easier by then. Uh, but that's basically where it came from. It's a 16-page comic. Uh, you can find it at geckothebountyhunter.com. Uh, and also you can uh, go to Lair of the Gecko on Facebook uh, to see all the locations I'll be touring within the United States this year as well. Um, I just can't tell you how grateful I am, how humbled I am. Uh, there's some amazing charitable organizations within the Star Wars community, namely the 501st Legion, the Mandalorian Mercs, the Rebel Legion. They've made me honorary member of each one. And I'm not saying that uh, out of conceit. Uh, but just as the fact of uh, part of this whole campaign has been to give back and to help others towards their causes with this small amount of attention. But the other message that I feel like Gecko is giving for the entire world, specifically our country right now, in, in my opinion, is that with small opportunities, you can do great things. And the irony to that is sometimes I feel like that message is more powerful uh, than some of the stars, uh, what they can offer as far as just being able to you know, right now in our country, right now in society, it's a lot of, you know, okay, blame this person, blame that person. Uh, but the one thing I love about this character and, and why it's taking off is that there were 25 bounty hunters during season one, uh, uh, during episode one and episode three. And it's amazing what you can accomplish, uh, similar to the teachings of Yoda, in terms of believing in yourself and helping others. And I hope that Gecko will have a larger meaning, his own Star Wars story within the world, the real world, as opposed to the universe uh, that we see and we love uh, so much there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible just all of those sort of things. And one of the things I want to ask as well, just while I've got you, because I heard you speak about this a little bit on the other uh, podcasts I've heard as well, is the the technology use that you saw, you, you had witness to, I think it's called the volume. It's basically the giant LED screens and things. And you don't need to go into the explicit technical details of it because I've already got a short period of time, obviously. But sort of how we're seeing that, like I like hearing the all comparison. I'd like the listeners to hear that. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I think we all have a dream of as far as hitting the uh, lottery. Uh, my old dream used to always be getting a life-size Millennium Falcon with a nice man cave in the back where, you know, I can have charitable events on the weekends and, uh, you know, put a whole uh, big flat screen TV in the back of the hub. But I'll tell you, uh, the way I was introduced to it was really uh, interesting because here I, I it was basically a, a screen test on that day. So you have the nerves and the uh, sort of uh, anxiety and the stress uh, uh, of wanting to get approved by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, and now the legendary uh, Deborah Chow, who's going to be heading up Kenobi, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, not to mention uh, the makeup creator, uh, Brian Seip. And literally, while I'm doing this very, very important screen test, a dream for any Star Wars uh, uh, fan, not even as an actor, to the side of my eye, because when I walked in, I saw the set from behind. I thought it was just going to be maybe an Imperial ship because it had, it looked like the Matrix, where there were like these two by two foot uh, squares, and sort of there's a plug in in each one. And I was like, oh wow, this has got to be a well lit, uh, real, you know, practical effect uh, 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 a backdrop. And when I come back around, my vision is perfect. If I tell you, no matter what IMAX film you've ever seen, literally 20 feet away, it was probably the coolest thing ever. And I say the whole joke now is if you win the lottery to have your third bedroom, to have the sort of the surrounding uh, uh, volume with 13 different channels of going anywhere you want in the world, whether it's a soccer game, uh, whether it's, you know, a, a beautiful, you know, valley or the mountains of Ireland or what have you, uh, it is so crystal clear. And the beautiful thing is now who knows how long this COVID thing is going to go on for or just any type of virus. Uh, it's really going to help productions in terms of keep their production quality at a high level, uh, but also perhaps not needing to go on vacation, uh, I'm sorry, on location, um, and also to be able to deliver those sci-fi films in such a magical way 
due to the detail to where you can't even tell the difference that it's not real, uh, even being there in person, uh, being 20 feet away. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, so that was my experience there. With episode three, our standoff in Navarro, that was all real. That was a real street. And we were actually working with green screen in the back. And then my other scenes, of course, uh, being a cantina character in episode one and also three, uh, that was all real, of course, as well. But uh, during my screen test, my audition, I had the privilege of, of getting to see that firsthand. And oh my God, I just can't wait to see what the possibilities are. I, I think that's what has made season one and two so amazing. Uh, but also at the same time, I think it's going to be amazing what uh, what the future holds. Not to mention with John and Dave, but also you can put, push that further with guys like uh, uh, James Cameron, where you know I think we're all eagerly anticipating Avatar 2 and 3, where from what I understand, word of mouth, uh, is that he's going to have some new uh, technology in that as well. So amazing future for Hollywood there uh, as far as the technical aspect there. Yeah, it's one of those things where when you think technology can't get any sort of greater and then you hear about these things, you're like, oh, it's even better now. And even now when you see CGI and a lot of the sort of other big Disney and Marvel films and things, they're just incredible. So a question that I just wanted to ask you uh, as well, if I may, is that Obviously, when someone goes into the Star Wars universe, you can go any level. You can watch the movies, TV shows, all sorts of different layers of it. Have you found that since you chose to um, go into the role of Gecko and things, and once you sort of had that adventure, did you then sort of feel like going into more depth, like reading more of the sort of content or consuming more of it in a sense? Because it was like, as your character rose of popularity, you kind of wanted to dive into the world a bit more. Absolutely. Without question. I never saw Clone Wars or Rebels before uh, I ended up filming The Mandalorian. So absolutely. Um, I'm actually about, about to dive into the Thrawn books there as well. Nice. Uh, not to mention Ethan Sachs, who's done an amazing job with Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Uh, the question I thought you were going to ask was also, uh, did I realize maybe any of the parallels also to life uh, by mm. being part of the Star Wars universe? And one of the things, if, if it's okay, respectfully, I'd love to mention is just, yeah. you know, we're inspired by so many of the relationships in Star Wars, father and son, to me, brother and brother, as far as I'm concerned with Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan. Uh, for me, there's something that's very touching. And if you'll see, I don't know if you're recording, I actually have the, uh, the oh, tattoo. Oh, nice. Amazing. Gecko on, on my shoulder. That's incredible. Um, there's a very close connection. I feel not only that I myself have with bounty hunters, but I feel like a lot of people do. Uh, to me, that is the best description of the working man, the working woman, uh, the single mother trying to get by, do whatever you have to do in order to get by. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to uh, work for the good. Uh, you have to work for the bad. Um, so for me, it's just been a sort of a parallel and sort of symbolism of my career. I've been a blue collar. I've been one of the 99% actors to where you don't necessarily know my name, but also at the same time, it has been that kind of bounty hunter life to where even getting this role is something that I've done in terms of just scraping uh, whatever I can in order to get a part or to you know get a guest star or a co-star. Uh, so there's a lot of familiarity. I think not only I myself have with the bounty hunters, but also at the same time, I think it's another beautiful layer for the Star Wars fan base and that I think you can connect with bounty hunters in terms of all of us, especially right now through COVID, trying to be innovative, doing what you have to do to support your family. Um, that takes on a deeper meaning for me, especially now as, as Gecko starts rising here little by little within the Star Wars fan base um, in, in terms of getting it done yourself and believing in yourself. And I, I think that a lot of bounty hunters, as we saw even in season two, Boba, uh, have a certain level of empathy as well to where uh, that's where I think the, the good and the positivity come out as far as helping others. Uh, so there's a lot of parallels with that. And it sort of opened my eyes uh, to the depth of bounty hunters. And I think that's why they have such a strong appeal within the Star Wars universe, in my opinion.
Mm. I mean, that's an excellent answer. I mean, I actually also have Star Wars tattoos myself. So I've got uh, Darth Vader tattoos and some uh, Starkiller from the Force Unleashed games. Um, I've got a couple more things I could ask. I just want to check with Glyn. Is there anything you want to ask specifically before I take it on? Uh, there's one question I'd love to ask, Tom. Yeah, please. And please take your time. I, I'm okay. Like I said, I just, I get so enthusiastic and excited <laughs> that uh, sometimes that's why I'm limited. I don't have to be anywhere. I just, uh, I, I put so much into uh, the interviews there. So, yeah, go ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's brilliant. I understand. Uh, I just wanted to ask, really, did you know anything about Mark being a cameo at the end, Mark Hamill? Did you meet him on set, or was it just completely secretive? Did you have no idea? No, that's all season two. I, I, I was just in season one. Uh, Mark was no... Yeah. Did, uh, have you ever met him, or...? Yeah, the only ones... I have never met Mark. I've met Harrison. Uh, I never met uh, Carrie, but I had the privilege of uh, meeting uh, Debbie Reynolds uh, up close and personal. Uh, she had quite a Hollywood collection throughout her the career, her legendary career. She collected a tremendous amount of wardrobe uh, from all the major stars of the Hollywood golden era. And they had a display uh, in Beverly Hills one night. My publicist invited me and she was just such a character. So that was a dream to have met uh, her and also, uh, of course, the legendary Billy D. Williams. But um, the people that were on set, of course, with uh, the legendary Carl Weathers. Uh, just an amazing presence. Uh, he's tall. I was. It was an honor to uh, to flank him uh, during that scene. And then also, uh, I mean, if you love westerns, you know the, the special part about Mandalorian, especially for the autograph collectors, is that pretty much it, you have to give credit to three performers. Uh, one is an amazing stunt performer, Latif Crowder, uh, but also another gentleman who was uh, predominantly playing uh, Mandalorian is actually John Wayne's grandson, uh, Brendan Wayne. Uh, so it was a privilege to be with him. But as far as the child, uh, people ask me this all the time. They kept that concealed from second team. And I actually thought it was going to be a backstory for Ray as far as uh, uh, holding Ray at gunpoint. Because within the time frame, I thought that maybe they were going to add a little more depth. They felt like maybe the sequel trilogy lacked a little bit and that they were going to maybe add a little bit more backstory to her. Uh, so that was the interesting story with uh, that as far as the standoff. I thought we were it was going to be basically this sacred child. But mm. I thought it was the sacred child of Ray, I as opposed to this amazing, adorable uh, Grogu that we've all uh, found out there. He's kind of taken over the world, Grogu, hasn't he? Just, just ridiculous. <laughs> well, for five million dollars, I think if you put that amount of money in any uh, puppet, uh, you think that it would have that impact, and it certainly has. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I obviously do adore uh, Grogu, and sort of every aspect of the Mandalorian is so carefully thought out. To everything, especially like makeup design and things like that, you've said about. Um, but what I want to ask as well is one thing I've noticed a lot of your interviews. I really appreciate is that you uh, you raise the importance of positivity in Star Wars. And I know that Star Wars itself. I'm a massive. Obviously, I've got tattoos of Star Wars, so it's one of my favorite things in the world. And it's like it means so much to me and so many people. And I think the majority of people are good people, but there's that vocal minority that are toxic. And I want to say that with you, I've heard you're being so positive with everything. Even when people ask you questions like, what's your least favorite Star Wars film? You always preface it with, I want to be positive here. I don't want to sort of say anything. And I just want to say, I appreciate you for uh, doing that. So I wonder if you could say some things about your sort of outlook on the positivity. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question. So the thing with me is I, I really appreciate, believe it or not, this is going to sound a bit ironic, but I actually respect a little bit of that toxicity, not in terms of them lashing out online. But the one thing that I do respect is that people in many ways are so passionate about the franchise that even when they're negative about it, it means that it means something to them. It's like your favorite sports team. Mm -hmm. However, where we draw that line, and I don't think there's any question in regards to this, is telling somebody else that they can't like something, telling somebody else that I don't believe in that character and you shouldn't either. 
Um, you know, for me, uh, people ask me in regards to also what is my favorite character? I always loved Han Solo. And the reason is, is I just I love just like a woman would love a strong female character. I love a strong male character. But that's not my place to tell anyone else, hey, you can't like this. Uh, you know, the heck with you for liking, you know, say outside of the universe, Brie Larson or what have you. That's where you draw the line. That's where we need to be firm as a Star Wars fan base. You know, everyone's dream. I, I remember I was waiting online about uh, whew, three, two, three years ago. And there was a, a version of X-Men. Uh, I think it was within the X-Men universe that came out. And I was going to see a movie with my wife. We were going to see Midsummer. Uh, and uh, there was a, a concessions woman who was, you know, getting us our popcorn or a diet soda. Anyhow, there was a film that I wasn't very interested in seeing, and she highly recommended it. And forgive me, I forget. Uh, I think Jessica Chastain starred in it, um, but it was a, a, a majority of it was probably a female movie. And her eyes lit up when she explained how much she enjoyed this film. And to me, that is all you ever need to know is that my passion and my enthusiasm for a film might be one place or another, but it's never your place to tell anyone else who their idols are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's all we have to say. And 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 thank you to the positive uh, Star Wars fan base for always defending, uh, especially the actors. I mean, you know, again, we can only do what we can uh, with a role, um, but there is no place for that whatsoever. And again, the bottom message to that is don't ever I can have my own criticism. I, I trust me. I think we all have our likes and dislikes within the storyline, but it's never my place to ever tell anyone you're wrong or to put anyone down uh, for having a hero that may not look like you. Hmm. I mean, that's a wonderful message to want to put across. And another thing I, I noticed is that uh, you have a big importance with sort of your family and things. And when you've been traveling around with your sons, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that. Because like with me, Star Wars means a quite quite a lot to me family-wise and things. And when I eventually have kids, I want to be a part of their life too. So hearing about you and your relationship with your children in some of Star Wars, I'm just, if you're willing to share some of that, it's lovely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, well, I didn't grow up with a father, you know, I had a, a broken family. And I think that's why so many people, uh, so many fathers and sons, uh, sorry, sorry, so many daughters and, and uh, sons are able to sort of relate to that arc of uh, Vader. And well, my father uh, passed away as well. My father passed away when I was 19. So that's part of the reason I've got the Star Wars tattoo. So I completely understand where you're coming from here. Yeah, thank you. And it's just sort of that connection, that father, son, that daughter, um, father connection as well. Uh, for me, again, I mean, going along those parallels is sort of, you know, I've been at this business for about 20 plus years and the chips are going to uh, fall where they fall when all of us hit the ages of mid 40s or 50s. At the same, you know, it, it, there's a certain point where you have to sort of do this curtain call in life. It's not even as an actor. Uh, so for me, it, it, it takes on a deeper meaning with this tour um, because ultimately there's a few things that we teach our children, right? We teach them about helping others. Uh, we teach them about that positivity. And also at the same time, again, I think there's a beautiful business story within Gecko in that there were 25 bounty hunters of all shapes and sizes. And I think similar to, say, the Star Wars universe, I can make excuses. Oh, well, the guild isn't giving me enough uh, bounties to uh, chase. Um, I'm not getting enough jobs for my agents. I'm not getting enough opportunities in this world. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Well, no, I don't want my sons to ever have that attitude. It's about taking the smallest of opportunities and creating something great with it and also at the same time helping others. And to me, I don't have a life insurance policy. We do have a house. Um, but the greatest lesson that I can give to my sons is just that. It's believing in yourself. And the one beautiful thing also, we talk about the uniqueness within the Star Wars community, not critiquing anybody else. The one thing I love about Gecko is nobody else looks like him. He's not very pretty. He's not gorgeous in any way. Uh, he's a little rusty. I'm sure his ship does not look like Queen Amidala's in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but the one thing is, he's proud of who he is, and he believes in himself. And and again, the same thing. If you you know to have that sort of self preservation, but also at the same time, while you're doing it, 
uh, to help others. So it is very important uh, for me to be able to pass that on to my sons. Uh, there was a beautiful play that was done about 10 years ago, a very famous screenwriter by the name of Yale Udolph. I worked with him at the actor studio with a number of very, very famous actors. And uh, there was a beautiful line in that film. Um, before the kids turn 18, uh, he was comparing it to a baby bird and a mother bird. And he basically was saying that you can only touch the baby birds when they're young. And to me, that's the same message with uh, your boys under 18, your daughters. Uh, they tend to stick around a little longer as far as from what I've heard uh, and what I've experienced. Um, but you can only touch them when they're young and you can only have that inspiration uh, when they're young. And so I, I love that they're seeing their father uh, believe in himself and also at the same time um, to be able to uh, whatever fame that we have or attention that we have uh, to be able to help others and, and to make the world a better place uh, through having that uh, passion, enthusiasm and also generosity. And that's beautiful with you, Glenn, as well. It's like, I'm sure you kind of align yourself with that way of thinking in certain ways too. Yeah, I mean, that was a fantastic message. I mean, the way Dominic's just put that across is brilliant and it's it's the way everyone should really be with the children. I completely agree. Mm, yeah, exactly. And it's it's one of those things, Dominic, where we're getting uh, sort of near the end of the time, but I've got a couple other just quick questions for you. Please, no, no, right. go, go, please. I, I'm okay on time. I, like I said, I just, I, I get so passionate as I get older now, <laughs> I, I, get, uh, I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> That's completely fine. No problem at all. Uh, I yeah. want to ask sort of, um, what do you, what would you sort of, um, I know you can't say exactly what the future will hold for uh, Gecko in itself, but sort of where would you like to go as an individual with your sort of acting and things? Are there any roles that you would really want to sort of go into or would you want the role of Gecko to expand? Just any, If you could like wave your fingers and just anything happen, I'd be intrigued to know uh, where you'd want to sort of go. Okay, uh, two things. Uh, well, I mean, we'd love Gecko to continue. I can share one thing that uh, Geeky Tiki's uh, loves. I don't know if they're familiar with Geeky Tiki mugs, um, but they love the character. Uh, Funko Pops loves the character, so they're checking with LFL on approval. That's for short term. As far as for long term, I would love to believe that Dave and John uh, say, hey, I've never seen any actor in the Star Wars universe act this enthusiastic and this passionate within their character. Uh, we've got to continue him on in one way or another. Um, on the flip side of that, uh, for those that are film buffs, when I was growing up, when I was working on the craft, uh, the one thing that motivated me, whether I agree with the director or not, uh, were the independent films, uh, Neil LeBute, Todd Solondz, Spike Lee, um, any director that said it like it was, Scorsese, Tarantino. Um, so with that being said, uh, unfortunately, I, I, you know, this is just my own opinion and you don't have to agree. Um, and, and the, and the audience doesn't have to agree, but my concern right now is that there's a, a tremendous amount of political correctness. Uh, and this is pouring over into cinema. I'm Italian. I'm from New York. Um, the one thing as far as for me, aside from the gecko character is I don't want directors or writers to be apologetic. I want to show, I want them to show the real world. And the reason is, is when you go to watch a film. Even the negative aspects, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman was so brilliant and there was nothing perfect about him. But the one thing is you see the flaws, but we pour that out also into our cultures and it's OK. It doesn't mean that every character needs to be politically correct. So as far as personally where I would like to see my career and I, I have a starring role, uh, I'll be going to Miami in May to film a new film called Deceived. I'm starring in a film right now where the director did have that mentality. It's called Anonymous Killers. It's currently on Amazon is to work with directors, most likely in the independent film world, uh, because the studios right now, they are so married to having to apologize to everyone for every little offense. I'm more from the Mel Brooks era to where, again, you know, or Seth MacFarlane or Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park, where I don't want to censor you. I, I don't mm -hmm. want you to feel like you're going into a theater 
and I need to be politically correct because I feel like those who may be suffering from depression, those who might be suffering, even seeing the Joker with Hakeem Phoenix, um, are able to connect with actors when they sometimes see a little bit of themselves in that character. But the only way that you're able to, to do that is by not having any type of limitations over what this character is going to be. And my concern right now is just we keep hiding and hiding and hiding culture that we're going to get to a point to where everything is so politically correct. There is no story anymore. There's no substance. There's no meat. Uh, so independent film and also hopefully the uh, continuation of Gecko uh, uh, for so many reasons there. It's just been such a joy uh, to be amongst the Star Wars fan base there. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what you said. That I completely agree with. It, it's one of those things where I'm a massive fan of South Park, and I think that a lot of uh, cinema will show things that make certain people and individuals uncomfortable in certain ways, but that is used as a storytelling device to tell a bigger story. You have things, I mean, it's you can do it in, with uh, Star Wars and certain aspects of it to not such an extreme degree, but you have... Star Wars is a story about redemption, I like to find. It's where you can have characters like Boba Fett, who who knows what's going to happen with him with the book of Boba Fett, but he could go bad or he could go good. That's why Kylo Ren, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, all of these things are about, you know, you have to go and see the bad for, to bring it back into the light. And I think that's what a lot of the stories that kind of go around it and things, the second chances and retribution, all these sorts of elements of Star Wars that wrap around that. So I think with you at the helm of both your own sort of gecko movement, which is uh, admirable in its own right, as well as yourself, um, you know, being uh, that politically minded, it just works so well in sort of they both marry quite well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, it's art, you know, we're not, we're not here out on the streets, you know? So, I mean, and, and just to use my, my own culture as an example, you know, it's as if I would uh, be upset with Stromboli from Pinocchio or, or say, Hey, Super Mario brothers, you know, China, you can't do that because it's a plumber hitting his head up against bricks, you know, mm -hmm. or a Scorsese maybe, or Tarantino stop treating, you know, uh, depicting the mafia the way that they are. It's real life. You know, we can't apologize for real life. And I, I always appreciate those directors who show it as it is. I don't need to be a well-dressed lawyer uh, in terrific shape in order to uh, feel like uh, I'm being, you know, uh, treated in a more respectful way. I want you to show what what the world is and what it's mm -hmm. about. I think that's what people want to go see. And and, I, and there should be no offense taken. It's not as if you say, OK, well, oh, well, all Italians are uh, with the mafia or they all, you know, do this. So they talk like this. No, it's just it's showing real life and real life characters. And that's where, again, the passion of wanting to be an artist uh, comes from. If we censor that, uh, I don't think we have much uh, left in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And just to go off that, if you don't mind me asking, do you have like a favorite film or a couple that you really, really enjoy? Obviously, other than Star Wars, but like yeah. other, other than that, uh, what sort of films do you really enjoy? Well, I mean, let's first off start with definitely with episode five of Empire. I, I know you said not to mention, <laughs> but of course, uh, the of greatest course. of all time. <laughs> um, I can't get enough of watching, you know, you have to humble yourself in life and realize that certain actors are at a different level uh, it, from out of, just out of this world. And there is nothing more enjoyable. I'll give you a perfect example. Well, the actor I'm talking about is Daniel Day-Lewis, but there's a perfect mm. example that if any other actor, there was most his most recent film before he retired is a movie called The Phantom Threat. And if any other actor portrayed this movie, uh, it, it would be literally like watching paint dry. I mean, you'd be bored out of your mind. And ironically, because he was part of this project, I can watch it over and over and over again because of just these little intricacies that he gives to his performance that is so incredibly real. So it's not necessarily a film in general, but just watching the joy of this man's work and the passion that he gave to it uh, in every single era. It, it's almost literally like he's, he's, he's bringing us back. He's like a time traveler. <laughs> um, just absolutely amazing uh, to watch the work of Daniel Day-Lewis. 
Um, you know, of course, everything from Last of the Mohicans, My Left Foot, uh, uh, Age of Innocence, and then, of course, uh, There Will Be Blood, uh, which I can watch over and over again. He is completely unapologetic, and that's how artists need to be uh, in, from every walk of life. Uh, that's that's what people like to see. Uh, that's a bit wonderful. It, it's nice to see that you are an actor who appreciates film and are a film buff as well you know sort of enjoying that aspect of it you know going into that it's it's just amazing to see and you loving the craft is brilliant and what i love as well is how in a lot of the interviews that you've done and things you sound uh you're so humble you you you, you really don't let this whole thing of i've noticed even when i've listened to some of the earlier interviews you did shortly after being echo to more recent ones now there's no change if anything your, me- your message has got more positive and you become more humbled by the experience so i'd love to hear a little bit about that Oh, without question. I mean, literally, at the end of the day, uh, this character would not have gotten attention without the fan base. So please come and, and, and please give me a hard punch if that ever changes in my career. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's one thing. I mean, I can't speak for all my peers, um, but literally, this is absolutely I've been around for 20 plus years. And to receive this kind of attention of a secondary character um, is completely humbling. And it's specifically because of the Star Wars fan base, specifically because of the charitable organizations without them. Uh, there would be no flame uh, with Gecko. As as enthusiastic as I could be, as passionate as I can be in terms of a campaign, uh, so forever humbled. I have this tattoo, as I showed you, of Gecko. But I, I do want to have an artist, perhaps, create a yin and a, a yin and a yang on the left shoulder one day, and that is meshing in with the fan base uh, because, again, he would not exist uh, without that passion. So I, I can't be grateful enough to also uh, be in the blue collar world. Every survival job I've had. Uh, throughout my career humbles me each and every day uh, to understand what the real working man goes through. So to me, I just view it as a gift to be able to do what I love maybe once every two months uh, for maybe a few days. So um, completely humbled. Uh, and and I always want to stay there because again, this is just a job. And I, I get a little more disgusted uh, a day and day uh, sometimes with some of my peers uh, because they need to understand that it's just that. Uh, Ricky Gervais, every now and then I got to watch his Golden Globe uh, uh, announcement <laughs> there. You know, it's, it's just so perfect. It's like, just, you know, guys, shut up, man. This is just, this is not, we're not curing cancer here. You know, we're here to uh, entertain. And uh, to me, I, I just can't say, stress that enough that it's a job. And I just am so grateful to be able to get paid uh, doing what I love. That's absolutely incredible. And so we'll start to wrap up here. But before, um, Glenn, is there anything you want to ask before we got on the final parts? Uh, yeah, I mean, with you being such a huge Star Wars fan, Dominic, if, if for some reason your acting finished tomorrow, would would you feel that you've hit the pinnacle because you've been in something from the Star Wars universe? Would you be would you be happy that that happened? Yeah, and, and also just in terms of quality of life. I'm at the point right now to where, um, you know, and I'm sure you can say maybe the same with England versus London. There's just better places to live. Um, I, for me, you know, it, just watching my boys grow, it, it, acting is uh, in certain ways, I mean, uh, even though I spoke about being humble, it is a very self-centered uh, sort of occupation. And the one thing for me right now, as we begin to transform, you know, again, into our, you know, uh, going to be late 40s and then early 50s there over so many years, um, it's really to put the focus now on on the spotlight on my two sons. Um, you know, I'm, I, <laughs> there's a lot of debate in our country over whether the government should pay for college or not. That's not the case. You have to uh, make it happen yourself, uh, you know, and you have to uh, uh, support yourself. Uh, so for me, just as far as, as opposed to the self-centeredness of uh, it takes every little bit in order to even nail an audition. Every, time and time again, from not being a star name over 20 years, I've got to beat out 30 guys with every role that you see on IMDb. 
Um, but for me, that attention, I am now putting the effort and putting the love into my two sons there. This tour in particular is for his college education there. So, uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm at the point now and also with the transition right now with all the political correctness um, to where I can walk away. Um, but I would hopefully like to believe that Disney is impressed um, and that they will continue on with this character there at, at uh, some point or another there. Fantastic. Thank you. That is wonderful. I mean, yeah, everything everything that I like that you've said about this whole interview, you've been very honest, and I really appreciate that. You know, you can get a lot of the time where there's these sort of uh, answers that have got this smooth gloss over them, in a sense. But you you like to say things that are truly honest to you, and you're passionate about that. You're passionate about the films that you enjoy. I loved hearing you. I could feel like we could just sit here and talk about films for that. We won't. But I feel like we could always do that, just because your passion for it, just that Daniel Day Lewis thing alone, was just incredible, and that mixed with Star Wars and things, and it shows your personality of the fierceness that we see of Gecko the Bounty Hunter is out in you in all the right ways, in the ways that are, you know, putting your passion to the, the best ways possible. So um, with the last question, I think I'll say is just uh, some of the charitable organizations and things you've spoken about, just if you want to speak about those and then sort of final thoughts before we sort of wrap up. Absolutely. Uh, we were able to raise uh, $3,000 uh, and also $25,000 for uh, small businesses last year. 3000 including the Peter Mayo Foundation. Angie Mayo is, uh, 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 she's, uh, uh, Peter Mayo is survived by his, uh, his wife, uh, Angie Mayo. Uh, so we were able to raise 1000 for her. Uh, also a thousand uh, for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and also a thousand for the Aflac uh, Cancer Research as well. Um, again, uh, you know, to be given an opportunity as opposed to, hey, what can I do for myself? Uh, to be able to help others is just so gratifying. The older I get, uh, you know, it's a beautiful old Frank Capra movie you're familiar with. You can't take it with you. Um, and what's the greatest message? What's the greatest wealth? Uh, I met somebody about four or five years ago, the greatest wealth. Uh, uh, again, I mean, I've been married for 20 years, but just a dear friend of mine to where um, they made me realize just the most important thing in life is love. Uh, it's, it really doesn't matter. I, it's, uh, this part, I think this is going to be a very successful trip. And there's a part of me that wants this beautiful muscle Dodge Charger. You know, I can drive <laughs> around and look like a big hotshot. Um, but at the end of the day, it really the most gratifying thing in life and uh, is really um, the romance and the love uh, to be able to, to give to whether your significant partner uh, or to others. So uh, we're going to continue to do that. I know, you know, again, I'm not... Mark Hamill, but uh, be able to donate my uh, autograph there uh, for uh, raffles and things like that all throughout the world. Um, I've already done it. I'll continue to do it. Um, and we're going to have a, a great tour, 60 comic book stores uh, for the next four or five months. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. And again, a percentage goes back to every store as well. So uh, I'm just excited to continue to pay it forward with any uh, fame that we do have uh, and just appreciate all the support from the Star Wars fan base in return. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, is there any uh, sort of I think that we're pretty much at the end here. So, Glenn, what are your sort of final thing? Anything to say to Dominic before we wrap up? Uh, just just thank you very much for, for letting this happen, Dominic. I appreciate you getting back to me and obviously coming on the podcast with Mike and myself. Absolutely. Anytime. And again, right now we have that pin for November 6th. So if you predominantly, uh, your listeners are from uh, England, uh, thank you uh, for your support there at Brighton Con, uh, I think hosted by Richard Friend. Uh, should be some other actors. Hopefully Alan Austin, uh, who's been become a great friend. He's one of the Stormtroopers, original Stormtroopers. Uh, so hopefully we'll have a lot of fun there in London. And I wanted to stay an extra few days so maybe we can grab a pint or two uh, at one of the local <laughs> bars there. 
That would be absolutely incredible. Cool. I've written that down. I'll put it in the description because some of my viewers, about half and half-ish, are in America and over here. So that's absolutely perfect. I'll put links in the description to your websites and all this sort of other fun places. So I just want to say, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, uh, Dominic, for not only coming on the podcast and being so honest and open and speaking uh, for so long as well, but also thank you for what you're doing in the Star Wars community because you're helping, and you've said it before, sort of the everyman. You're showing that it doesn't, you don't have to be, you know, sort of top tier all the time to get within the styles community and appreciated among it so thank you for not only your story but also your representation of gecko and what that means for the community and yeah i will be getting the comic and i'll be doing everything i can to come to that uh, comic con so thank you for that thank you so much guys and all the best i hope uh, england uh, ends that lockdown sooner than later but more importantly hope you guys stay safe in the meantime and hopefully we get to have a nice party there in the fall that's wonderful you are an absolute hero and I, as i said i'll do everything i can to come and hopefully if uh social distancing allows shake your hand because it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you and thank you again glenn for sorting this out it's been wonderful to speak to the both of you yeah no problem i mean oh, Cro- croydon's a few hundred miles away but i'll definitely be headed down there in november cheers thank you so much gentlemen i appreciate you absolutely awesome. perfect thank you so much to dominic it's been wonderful have a great evening gentlemen thank you, you too thank you bye Wonderful. Well, uh, that was fantastic. Once again, thank you so much, Glenn. Is there anything uh, we're still recording? I can always cut this out. If not, but is there anything you want yeah. to sort of say afterwards? A little, little. Uh, no, I was just so nervous that first question was so stupid because I got the series mixed up and stuff. But I just, I didn't know what to say. I was starting to sort of relax more into it as it went on, but yeah, I wasn't sure what to say and stuff. Plus, I thought he was in a rush, so I was trying not to interrupt as well. So. <laughs> well, I think both of your questions were really good because your first question, uh, it did sort of, he did speak about other aspects of it as well, which I think was really good. And uh, the second question was really cool as well. Like I hadn't uh, thought of those sort of things, but yeah, it's, he was so much fun to speak with. He was such a really nice down to earth guy. And yeah, with that sort of, I'll put in the description and whatnot, the uh, Croydon Comic Con, November 6th, 2021. See if, um, I'm hoping that if lockdown restrictions have eased and things, maybe a big group of us could meet there or something that'd be a really cool thing maybe we could we, we could meet in person yeah. i'd definitely like to go for a pint with dominic as well so oh that would be an absolute dream so wonderful i don't know if you want to share your twitter handle to the guys and the listeners and things yeah i mean if, if you want to follow me you can it's at real glenn davis i listen to a lot of podcasts i recommend a lot of podcasts uh, i share photos of my collectibles and things like that so if you're into that sort of thing then it's worth giving me a follow yeah it's a lot of fun and um, yeah just thanks again for getting this organized Glenn I really really appreciate it no problem Mike thanks a lot and that's the end of the conversation thanks as always for tuning in guys whether or not you're listening on the feed of Genuine Chits Chat or on Comics in Motion or even on YouTube I thank you for checking out that conversation please go and tweet at Dominic Pace on Twitter at Gecko the Hunter. Please tell him about this show and where you listen to him because it just means the world to him and it means the world to me. The more people who contact people who've been on my show and tell them that you know people have been listening and stuff, it just helps the image of my show as well. And it means I'll be able to get even bigger guests and whatnot on. And also make sure you tweet at Glenn as well because he just did a great job getting this all sorted and organised uh, with me and Dominic and I just really, really appreciate him, uh, his input in the conversation as well as him actually organising this. So make sure you tweet at Real Glenn Davies as well because, yeah, he is an absolute star. 
In case you haven't listened to Genuine Chit Chat or Star Wars Comics in Canon before, make sure you go and check out episode number 110 of Genuine Chit Chat, which is also around episode 37 of Star Wars Comics in Canon. And that is where I had a conversation with Claudia Gray, the New York Times bestselling author who has also written five Star Wars books, including one in the High Republic, which I'm currently reading at the moment called Into the Dark, which I'll be sure to do a book review of at some point soon. So make sure you check out that conversation as well if you're massively into Star Wars. And if you're listening on the feed of Genuine Chit Chat, please go check out Star Wars Comics in Canon because each week I do a podcast about Star Wars and they're basically about the comics in Star Wars. But they're specifically designed that if you've never read a Star Wars comic in your life, you can still enjoy the podcast. But if you've read every Star Wars comic there is, it adds a lot of connective tissue, uh, some of the things you may have missed, that sort of kind of thing. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. So in addition to that, guys, what we've got coming up on Genuine Chit Chat. Um, for the next few weeks, it's going to be a conversation I had with Scott Weatherly of the 20th Century Geek podcast. Now, the reason I say that is because we had a really long, like two and a half hour conversation about two main topics. One was HP Lovecraft, and that conversation was about an hour and 40 minutes, I think. And then the other one was about Moon Knight. Now, the conversation literally completely changes. So we basically got towards the end of the conversation on HP Lovecraft. And then I was like, do you have more time? Can we talk about Moon Knight? And we did for like 40 minutes or so. So I thought what I'm going to do is split that into three parts, which I've never done before. How exciting. But what I'm going to do is on my Patreon, I'm going to release part one and part two together um, when part one drops with Scott Weatherly. So you'll have a whole nearly two hour conversation there. And then when part two drops on the main feed for everyone to listen to part three talking about moon Knight, will go on the patreon feed as well and then a week after that part three will be on the normal feed so basically patreon anytime i split an episode into two or into three anyone who's a supporter on patreon which you can do for as little as two pound a month or three dollars a month if you do become a supporter it means that you get early access to stuff so whenever i release things in two parts i always release the full unsplit conversation on patreon and also there's the other podcast i do on patreon only as well which is called afterthoughts I do it with my girlfriend Megan. We watch documentaries, TV series, movies, some of the MCU or Star Wars, some are, you know, people films, chick flicks and stuff. The documentaries we've watched have been like Murder Among the Mormons, which is a cool one. We watch the Queen's Gambit series, the Witcher series, loads of different things. And we generally record a podcast and we have two coming out each week. And they are basically like 10 to 20 minute conversations between us of us just talking about our thoughts on there. They're a lot of fun to do and I've had really, really good feedback from them. But if you don't want to contribute any money, please still go to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat because I've released two of them on there completely for free. That is the Witcher series one and also Star Wars The Phantom Menace. And both of them add up to be about 40 minutes or so, I think, ish. So it means that if you go on there right now, you get about 40 minutes of extra content completely for free. And if you wanted 20 to 40 minutes of extra content each week as well, as I said, you only have to pay £2 a month, which I think is a bargain. You also get access to, you know, other um, tiers on there. There's other feeds, there's future guest lists, there's behind the scenes stuff. I do snippets a little bit earlier on there as well for certain guests and things. And, you know, direct contact with me. What's more fun than that? Um, but please check out the Patreon, guys. It means the absolute world to me if you did. Um, whether you're a supporter on Styles Comics and Canon or for Genuine Chit Chat, if you support it on there, I also post early photos of all the comics I tackle on Styles Comics and Canon too. Normally I post about them on social media on Saturdays and on the Patreon I normally do it on Thursday or Friday-ish um, so early access to things early access to images I'm doing Funko Pop Fridays at the moment where I'm taking photos of loads of my collectibles in including the Funko Pops there's videos of my tortoise there's lots of little bits and pieces on there so make sure you check that out 
In addition to that, I've got a few conversations that are due to be recorded fairly soon. I've got one conversation with a gentleman who is an actor who's also acted on stage. I'm very excited to speak with him. Um, I've also got one with another member of the Comics Emotion family, which is going to be quite exciting, talking about some classic styles, comics and things as well. And also, hopefully, in the next month or so, I will be organising a conversation with another Star Wars author that I'm very excited about, and also two Star Wars content creators that I'm excited to speak with as well. So, more Star Wars stuff as well as lots of other non Star Wars things as well. You know, if you follow either Genuine Chit Chat um, on social media or if you subscribe to the feed and things, you know that I do tackle a fair amount of Star Wars stuff, but I also do a wide berth of guests and whatnot musicians, travelers, uh, filmmakers, all kinds of different people. So make sure you subscribe to both Comics in Motion and also Genuine Chit Chat to get everything that I do, except Patreon is the only thing you'd be missing. So if you're a Patreon supporter and you are subscribed to both Comics in Motion and Genuine Chit Chat, you will get basically everything that I'm involved with. So make sure you do that. Uh, the only other thing really to mention is Star Wars Comics in Canon, just to say that the last episode I did, which is episode 49, was Target Vader, and that is a six-part mini-series about bounty hunters that were hired to kill Darth Vader. It's a really cool story, and as I said, if you've never touched or even heard of the comic, you can still listen to the podcast, because I talk about the story, I go through it, I explain it, I talk about the connections, so it's a really good way to, if you have no time to read all of the hundreds of Star Wars comics, or don't have the money to be able to do that, it's a really good way to get in there, because I explain the plot and the story in a way where you can absorb it and you know what happened without it spoiling and taking away from if you actually decide to read it yourself. I don't read out the dialogue verbatim. I don't read out everything completely. I just give you guys the narrative. I explain what happens and a lot of the you know the species that get mentioned and things. And I just kind of explain what the species are, where you may have seen them or heard of them. Same with planets, ships, a few other bits and pieces there. But anyone who loves Star Wars, please check it out. I've had really, really good feedback on my Star Wars show and really good feedback on Genuine Chit Chat. But if you do want to support the show, um, either Genuine Chit Chat or Star Wars Comics and Canon but you don't have the money to support me on Patreon which is completely understandable please share either on social media tell your friends leave reviews on the podcasting apps that you use you know free ways is sharing and telling people and reviewing and costly ways is patreon.com slash genuine chit chat but anyway guys thank you so much for listening as always as I said please tweet out at Gecko the Hunter and at Real Glenn Davies make sure you let Dominic Anglin know that you had loads of fun listening to this conversation because it means the absolute world thank you as always for listening guys i will talk to all of you next week and may the force be with you